Hello, this is Jesse Weiler for Adoramus Bulletin. On this episode, I speak with Father Michael Rainier about his recent article in Adoramus Bulletin titled, Your Faith on Your Sleeve, Why Vesting Prayers Never Go Out of Fashion. This was an amazing article and again, a, a great conversation with, with Father Michael Rainier. If you want to read the entire article, you can go to www.adoramus.org. So without further ado, another Adoramus interview. Okay, I am here with Father Michael Ranier. And uh, Father, you wrote this amazing article for Adoramus Bulletin. But before we uh, dive into that, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I'm glad we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we, we took care of that and we're ready to get down to business. Um, so you really recently wrote this article uh, for Adoramus titled, Your Faith on Your Sleeve, Why Vesting Prayers Never Go Out of Fashion. And I can tell you that I was quite impressed with this article. And obviously, uh, a lot of thought goes into something like this, but also, you know, a lot of prayer and understanding about what some of these things are, are supposed to be. And uh, you start this off talking about... Uh, you know, preparing for mass and you talk about silence and, and the fact that whenever a noise is made or something is said, it comes out of silence, which I thought was so fitting. But as a, as a priest uh, preparing for mass, what is the importance? Why is silence such an important thing as you're preparing to celebrate the sacred liturgy? So silence is, is really vital because if we're not listening, then we're not going to hear God's voice. Uh, I, I remember when I first got to the parish where I'm at now as the pastor, it, was, it wasn't a particularly chatty parish before Mass, but there would be more talking. You know, people would come in and just kind of start talking to their friends, which is very natural. You, you might see them once a week. and So you see them in the pew in front of you and you start talking to them. And I've always had this fear of being the the very strict father, you know, who, who was always telling people, you got to be quiet before mass, stop talking, because I, I've never thought that approach would, would work. But at the same time, if we don't have that silence before the mass to recollect ourselves and prepare, we're really missing out on some of the fruits of that mass. And what I found over time was simply respecting the silences within the mass and respecting particularly the way that we prepare for the Mass and the sacristy. I know that people don't necessarily see that, but I, th I think it sets the atmosphere for the Mass right away. And people just naturally started uh, being a little bit more quiet before Mass and, and having reverence. And now it's almost entirely quiet. After Mass, sometimes we get up and we, we talk and stuff. And, you know, it's not ideal, but I, I think before Mass it's become... Uh, very prayerful, and I haven't had to say a negative word to anyone about, you know, you need to stop this and knock it off, because I think people have noticed the, the very positive spiritual benefits of silence and being able to listen and being able to wait, right, for the arrival of God in, in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a little here, because I do think it's important oh, to, okay. to talk about this. <laughs> Not devil's advocate, but kind of uh, just ask, ask some you to specify a little more because there is a legitimate amount of like quote unquote business that needs to get done perhaps in a sacristy maybe you maybe you're trying to identify something and you need to converse or communicate as you're preparing for the sacred liturgy so what would be a way that you can 
maybe accomplish those things that you would need to do that, but still have that still that sense of, um, you know, revering what about what you're about to uh, undergo. Right, for sure. So you, we do have to recall that we are about to do a mass, and, and there might be a last-second question from the choir or an usher, and that's okay, right? So the answer is not to scream at them to get out because we're being silent you know, and we're, we're being prayerful. Um, what I found the most helpful, and, and really it places all the responsibility on me as the pastor and the celebrant of that mass, is to be prepared and to be sure that everyone understands, right? This is Pentecost Sunday's coming up. Have I let my music director know there will be a sequence? So she's not coming in a minute before Mass and asking if she should sing the sequence. Little things like that. And so if I prepare better, then I, I found that a lot of that last minute questions and, and business kind of drops off. Um, but certainly it has to happen sometimes, and, and that's okay. You talked a lot about, obviously, vesting in this article, uh, but what is, what's so important about vesting prayerfully? Why aren't you just you know, putting these things on and, uh, and getting ready? Why, why, why do you have to be so reverent? Why is it a prayerful thing to, to actually be vesting for Mass? Uh, because every every article of uh, of clothing you put on for the mass as, as the priest or or the deacon or um, it it all has a sacred symbolic meaning, and so the mass has really started in, in a way in the sacristy. The sacristy is connected to the sanctuary, uh, and as you're putting those on, you are putting on the identity of Christ, the high priest, as the celebrant, and that and that. That is a reminder I desperately need uh, pretty much every single day, right? It's not me. It's not Father Michael that's important about this Mass. This Mass is, is supremely important. It's the most important thing that I do every day. But it's not because I'm doing it, right? It's because Christ the High Priest is praying through me. And the clothing that we wear uh, affects the way that we, we process that information and, and, and our emotional preparedness and our intellectual mindset. And so as you're donning that identity of Christ, I think it's, it's only proper uh, that we're calming our, ourselves down and reminding ourselves of what it is that we're doing. Why is it that I'm putting on all of these vestments? And, you know, you, you talk about vesting prayers, and I don't think a lot of people understand there are actual formal uh, formed prayers for vesting. Which uh, which. Uh, articles of clothing actually have that formulaic prayer uh, associated with them. Right. So I th uh, pretty much all of them do. So uh, the cassock wouldn't because the cassock is, is more street clothing. That's what you would wear to kind of go visit parishioners and whatever, ride your bike. I don't know. Uh, so, but once you start to put on, say, the amis and the, the alb and the cincture, those all, each one of those has a prayer with them, if if you're saying an extraordinary form mass and uh, you're wearing the maniple that has that has a prayer with it, um, uh, obviously the chasuble and the stole have prayers with them. Uh, so almost every article of clothing, even even right before mass when you wash your hands, um, it has a functional purpose, right? You want clean hands, uh, but also there's a prayer that you pray with that. You you say that you say that these uh, clothing items are articles of faith. What, what is that? What do you mean by that? 
Uh, did I say that? <laughs> so I have to double down and defend it now. Uh, I see them as, as, as being very symbolic, uh, and they speak they speak a, a particular language within the mass, right? So, and, and the, the vesting prayers kind of get to that. So they'll talk. Uh, you can almost sense the function of those articles or their symbolic meaning, and how the maniple is a sign of the servitude of the priest. And if the priest has any authority at all as a spiritual father, it's because he's first a servant of that congregation. Uh, and of course, we know, for instance, like the the, the alb, which is the the white uh, robe, and is what Saint John sees in the apocalypse in the throne room of God, and that's what the saints are wearing as they pray, and uh, they represent that you're washed by the blood of the Lamb, and so all of these things speak within the language of the Mass, and so. I think that if you didn't know anything about the Catholic faith and you would just wandered in and you saw the priest come out in his vestments, you might not understand right away how to explain their symbolism, but you would know something out of the ordinary is happening here. And this is not in, this is not time that's being spent in the way that you might spend an hour anywhere else. Uh, in, in the section in the article for Adoramus uh, that's, that's labeled Wear Christ Well, which I think is great, you say this really great thing. You say simple actions done with quiet dignity reveal the heart of the mass. So, you know, we've been leading up to this kind of in our whole conversation, but why is that the case? Well, it's because, because the, the Catholic faith appeals to the imagination, right? It's all encompassing. It's not just how much you know. Uh, and so the Mass, really, if we had to drop one part of the Mass, uh, the, the part I'd be happiest to drop, it would be the homily, right? Because, because that's the part that's, right, it's just, it's just kind of me saying stuff. And, like, I, I hope it's good. Um, but it's, it's almost directly an intellectual appeal. I'm trying to, to catechize. Uh, it's more than that, but I don't want to go off topic here. But, um, but the Mass itself is so much more than that. It's not just trying to teach you a lesson. It's it's encompassing everything that you are, and it's it's engaging all of your sense of it, like all of your senses, um, because we worship with our whole selves. Uh, we just celebrated the the solemnity of the ascension, and that's precisely the lesson there, right? Christ takes our humanity, and he enthrones it at the right hand of God the Father. So this is something Romano Guardini says. God doesn't just want to save your soul. He wants to save all of you, your soul, your body, everything about you. Um, and that's why the Mass is the way that it, it is. Uh, and it can speak and affect people in ways they don't even understand. Because the language is so dense and so, so mysterious and so ancient. And we have to respect that, right? So my personality shouldn't be getting in the way. I shouldn't be doing things... Um, you know, over the top. It should just simply be a chaste beauty that's very simple and very noble, and it keeps the focus on on what the faith is, um, as opposed to getting sidetracked by it needs to be relevant, or I need to be friendly, or I need to make an emotional connection with these people. Right? We're we're all simply praying to God, and, and we're waiting on Him, and He comes in power. Uh, and that's what we're there for, however it is that we, uh, we react to, to that. Um, but that's why we're there, because God is there. So this whole article kind of leads me to think about two quintessential things in terms of your relation to the congregation and the congregation's relation to the, to the Mass. And that is, 
the, the sanctification of man and, and living a sacramental life, right? And then this idea of culture or enculturation. And so, uh, you know, it, it makes me think that if you're being intentional with what you're donning and what you're wearing and, and how you present yourself as a priest, and if we're all priests, prophets, and kings, we should be thinking about that ourselves as, as what we're wearing for the Mass. But at the same time, this this like I said, this... Uh, micro enculturation, this enculturation of personal level. Am I being enculturated into the sacred liturgy in a way that is is sacred? So, a lot of people have this question. You know, what should what should I wear to mass? <laughs> you know, should is is that something that the the congregation that the laity should be should they be thinking of these things? Well, maybe not doing a formal vesting prayer as you're tying your tie or something. But are these questions or these things that we should be challenging ourselves to be looking at from from the perspective of the laity as well? Uh, I think so. I think so because. Um there's a whole theology right behind clothing. You're, you're getting into one of my areas where I'll talk about for a long time. So be, be careful here because I'll talk about dress and clothing and, uh, and, and for hours. Um, but, but clothing brings out the nobility of, of the soul because, right? Because we are, we are, we are physical souls. That's what human beings are. We're, we're enfleshed and it's, it's all, it's all of the same piece. And so clothing that, that fits us well, that's, that's harmonious and dignified and again, not over the top, but just fitting to us. Like, you know, right. A nice, a nice suit that emphasizes the, 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 the male form, uh, it goes a long way towards affecting your mental headspace, right? And, and, and the attitude that you come into the church with, right? Because if, if you're wearing your best, and I said suit, but let's say your best is your nicest pair of jeans and your nicest, you know, flannel. You, you did shirt, say you're in Missouri, you know. so I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm in the city, but there's a lot of rural parishes. It, so whatever your, your best is, and you put on your best thing, uh, because this is the this is the most important hour of your your week that can't help but affect the seriousness with and reverence with which you then pray. Yeah, I, I really like that because uh, you, we talked about this uh, concept of sanctification and what what I think people miss is that all things can be sanctified. So you could say, hey man, Adam and Eve, they were naked. You know, clothes clothes are a product of original sin, and you know, but. All, but all things, even those things that are a part of that that disconnection with God, can be sanctified, right? So, uh, you know, bringing back that awareness and that dignity, I think, is really important. And so, I thank you for bringing light to that. Uh, so, you know, one last thing before we we close today. Uh, you talked about silence and you know sacred prayer space uh, in in the in the sacristy, but. Uh, if we're thinking, you know, we're thinking about what we're wearing as the laity, we're entering the church, what should we be doing as we prepare uh, to enter the church? Because we're not wearing a chasuble, we're not, you know, preparing anything specifically for the sacred liturgy, but how do we prepare ourselves? I think that's probably different for all different people, as long as it's intentional in some way. All right, so... Let's say I'm a, I'm a single man, I'm 25, and, and I'm coming in for Mass. It's very easy for me to come in 20 minutes early, and maybe I'll pray a rosary, or maybe I'll just sit there quietly and wait and kind of let the stress of the, the, the week drift away. 
Um, or say I'm, I'm 35 and I have uh, eight kids in my van, and <laughs> my preparation for that mass will be a lot different, um, just depending on, on where I'm at in my life and, and uh, what I'm capable of doing. And some people like to come in, so at my parish at Epiphany of Our Lord, some people like to come in for daily masses and they pray a rosary before the mass. They have a rosary group. Other people want to come in and, and sit there quietly. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's whatever works for you, whatever is it that, that you're needing in that moment to, to be I absolutely ready. agree. I, I mean, I think, I think you're right. It, it, you can't have, there's unity in worship, but there's also diversity as well, because we're all coming at it in, uh, you know, different viewpoints. So, right. Well, uh, Father, again, right. thank you so much for, you know, writing this beautiful article. And if you want to read the article, article you can go to adoramus.org. Uh, thank you again. I uh, can't wait to read the next piece that you write for Adoramus Bulletin. <laughs> All right. God bless. Yeah, thank you.